Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est la victoire des Canadiens. You found the dogs! John, you found the dogs! He found the dogs! And all together, they worked a young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground. Your premier gaming destination. It's gonna be sick. Marinero on this Thursday, December 7. A lot of people were wondering how the Montreal Canadiens were gonna do versus the Los Angeles Kings, who are coming in with the famous 1 3 1. They trap at the blue line. It's hard to penetrate. What was going to be the strategy? Marty St. Louis has been talking about it for the past couple of days. It's actually, I think, the first time this season that the coach has been talking about a strategy that the opposition employs and the decisions they have to make within the coaching staff to actually counter a system that has had thus far a lot of success for the Los Angeles Kings. Everyone weighed in. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. In the end, we saw what they tried to do. We also saw that they were shut out. They were stifled. They couldn't get anything going. It was a tough task. You take a look at the Los Angeles Kings at the center right position with Anze Kopitar, with Phil Deneau, with Pierre-Luc Dubois, and with Trevor Lewis. It is arguably the most deep center team in the entire National Hockey League. And you know that when you're pretty good at center, you have a real good chance of winning the Stanley Cup. Didn't work out for the Toronto Maple Leafs when they had uh, of course, Austin Matthews and John Tavares and Ryan O'Reilly. But more often than not, it's a pretty good recipe for success. The Los Angeles Kings did to the Montreal Canadiens tonight what they did to them last time. The Canadians were on their West Coast trip, which started in Anaheim, and they won. Then they went to San Jose a couple of days later, and they won. Then they went to Los Angeles, and they lost 4 nothing. 
Tonight's score, the exact same thing. The Sick Podcast is brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group, brought to you in part by La Beta TV, brought to you in part by Playground. I'm Marinaro. Thanks for watching, everyone. Right now, you're probably watching on YouTube Live. You're probably watching on Facebook Live. You're probably watching on Twitter Live. We'd like for you to tell all your friends about it because the more people watch, the more money I make. Very important. Speaking of money, a guy who made a dollar or two in his career, and more importantly, he's celebrating an anniversary tonight of sorts. In a way, he is for someone else. He probably has no idea what I'm talking about. Let's find out. He is former National Hockey Leaguer and, of course, collaborator on GC at TVA Sport. Philippe Boucher, comment ça va, mon chum? What the hell am I celebrating? So, uh, tonight on the broadcast, yeah. Mark Denis mentioned that back in 1996, on this day, I yeah. think he played his first game, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. for the Colorado Avalanche versus the Los Angeles Kings, and yeah. Philippe Boucher scored against them. So, oh. it's not your anniversary, but it, you're part of Mark Denis' anniversary. His professional that would have been my first of the year at the time. Do you remember it? Uh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember really, that. Eh? Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a crazy question, but do you remember every single goal you scored in the National Hockey League? Uh, probably not. I, how many do I have? I think I have close to a hundred, maybe right right around there. I, I remember most. First one, obviously, is, is a big deal. I got a hat trick once against Matsugalo, so that was. I'll remember all of those for sure. Yeah, I remember, oh, I remember cool. most. I remember most. Remember the one I missed. Fort overtime uh, against New Jersey, Martin Brodard versus Dominic Hasek. They were, they had, both of them had 71 or 72 saves, one nothing game. I was all by myself in, in the slot. And then Martin Brodard tripped. There was an empty net, and I went to put it in, and Dave Hannon got in front of me, grabbed it, backhanded into the net. I was only 19 or 20 at the time. That would have been my biggest goal. But I oh, chased wow. him around the ice, and it was fun. All right, pretty cool, pretty <laughs> cool. All right, okay, so let's talk about it. Uh, first of all, why don't we do this if we can? Yeah. And yellow Sammy Juliana and Master Control, if you have the lineup, we can bring it up. Yeah. All right, there you have it. Uh, as I put on uh, the, the reading glass, I go back and forth between the reading glass and the sunglasses. I have to get these sunglasses oh, with a mind. prescription, I guess. All right, okay. Suzuki with Slavkovsky on his right yeah. and Caulfield on his left. Evans with Anderson on his right, Monaghan on his left. Dvorak yeah. with Gallagher on his right, Pearson on his left. Mitchell Stevens centering Yulanen on his right and Pozzetta mm-hmm. on his left on defense. Matheson, Lindstrom, Gouli, Barron, Struble, Kovacevic, yeah. and Samuel Montambo, who gets his second start in a row, which is the first time that was happening for a Canadian's goalie in like 18 or 19 starts yeah. or whatever it was. Let's just keep it up if we can. Your thoughts on this lineup, which has been the same lineup now for a couple of games. I got it on my computer because I don't have my reading glasses with me. But uh, yeah, it's 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 a decent lineup on a rebuilding team that's trying to go somewhere. And obviously, when you meet a big dog like LA, right, four nothing, four nothing at home or away, it, yeah. it, it's tough for them. There's some positive, like Slavkowski. We're hard on him, but he was good tonight. And then, yeah. if you want to see what he could be, just look at Byfield. No, they were they were hard on him. They were down on him. He was probably down on himself at times. When he when he first got to the NHL, but how good was he tonight? So uh, it, it's it's an okay lineup. What else are you supposed to do? I I, I would have put 
Armia in tonight. But like I was telling GC tonight, like we watch the games, like we 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 really watch the games and we analyze things. But don't I don't rewatch the games. I don't cut clips. I don't look at the uh, at the, the stats and all that advanced mm-hmm. stats. So, but I think Armia, if Armia can't play against LA, a big team, uh, what good is he to this team? Because I, I like Armia. You know, I look when. Well, I guess we're gonna. I'm sure we're gonna talk about Jack Eye later. Yeah. But uh, when Armia goes to the minors, he's a pro. He behaves like a pro. He plays good games there because I've seen him play there. He's a good person, I'm sure. But can you do just do a little bit more to stay in the lineup? That's 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 one of my questions. If he doesn't fit in right now, uh, and I, he doesn't because you want to play Ilona and you want to play yeah. Sobkowski. You want to play – I like this. I like to see Evans moving up in the lineup. I think Montreal Canadiens are a better team when Evans – when, when they were both on the fourth line, uh, that's what I said a few times, Montreal is a better team with Evans and Nelonen playing a little bit more, I think. But and you know what? Evans, but, but when they play good teams like yeah. that, it, it's yeah. very hard. It just shows where you're at. And then I'm talking about the forwards here, but the D group is very unexperienced. Yeah. No, listen. And it I, showed. I understand your point because right now some people watching on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter yeah. are probably like, well, Armia wasn't going to make the difference in the hockey game. You're not no, saying no. that. But what no. you are saying is you have it a big be part of it. You're yeah. going up against a big team. Obviously, yeah. you were out-muscled tonight, right? Yeah. You couldn't match yeah. Los Angeles's puck protection, their work along the boards. You couldn't match their, their physicality. Yeah. You couldn't match their size. So – how do you figure this out? If you want to keep Yolonen in the lineup, it's very, very easy. You can have Dvorak center a fourth line. You can have Evans go down to a third line if you want. You can have Monahan mm-hmm. center a second line. You can yeah. you can end up getting Stevens out of the lineup, putting Monahan back at center, and you can end up putting Army on yeah. the wing if you wanted to. Yeah. You talked about Quinton Byfield, and you talked about Uri Slavkowski. Yeah. So I'll say this. You know, I've gone on on, on record as saying that even though we'll only know in five or six years, mm-hmm. if I have to tell you right now, and you ask me to pick one, mm-hmm. I said this about a month ago, by the way, that if you ask me to pick one, I would say that I think Logan Cooley is the better hockey player yeah. with hockey skills, and he'll have the better career. Having said yeah. that, the couple of times now we've seen Slavkowski with, uh, with yeah. Caulfield and Suzuki here, a couple of games and a couple of shifts. And last game, yeah. he didn't pick up points. I thought he was excellent. Tonight, he didn't pick up points. I thought he was excellent. Mm-hmm. I will say this. Based on what we just saw in the past week, I understand yeah. why the Montreal Canadiens drafted him first. It, was, it wasn't a, a draft with a no-brainer. Like, oh, we got number one and we're going to take Connor Bedard. That's easy. That's very easy to do. And you hope that timing timing's everything, right? You wish you could have the first round pick or the first overall pick when it's him. But it wasn't that. So it was more of a plan. And that's what I think it is. Kirby Doc got traded on the same day that he took Slavkowski first of all. They wanted to get bigger. They wanted to get size and skills. And they got that on the same day. The problem the Montreal Canadiens are having and Kirby Doc is having is he can't stay healthy. He can't be on the ice. But that's a plan that made a lot of sense to me that will make a lot of sense if Doc can stay on the ice and push uh, a little bit Suzuki as a number one center. How long is that going to take? Hopefully next year, early in the year. But Slavkowski, and when it's all said and done, he's going to be a good player. Nobody, nobody right now in uniform over the last week or so is has created more offense than him. 
he's feeding the puck. He, he, he's making people, I'm not going to say he's making people around him better because obviously we didn't score a goal tonight, but on his line, arguably he's the best player right now. And he's playing with the two best player on the team. Hey, I think that's fair to say that on his line, yeah. the last couple of games with Suzuki, well, moment, and Kaka, hey, he has, yeah, he has been right better now. than them. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's take a look at the score sheet if we can. Okay. Yeah. All right, we have it here. Yes, here we go. All right, period number one. It's uh, Drew Doughty. Um, this is a bad line change, by the mm-hmm. way. It's a bad yeah. line change. Doughty gets in behind a couple of players, and then he's looking past, but he's in close on Montembeau. He's able to jam it home. The second one, Quinton Byfield. Mm-hmm. Kempe to Kopitar to Byfield. Oh. This guy goes around Caden Gooley like he's not even there. Yeah. And with with you know with such confidence and ease and of course a very long reach, he's able to just go around and cut in front of Montembeau and he's able to jam it in, and then byfield uh, on a power play by Kopitar yeah. and Fiala and it was it was a it was a bang bang play really it was uh, yeah. it was you could tell it was kind of like a set play right it was a tic tac it was a broken stick a lucky setup play but it really did look like a setup play yeah and then Justin Barron collides with an official yeah. Trevor Moore is off to the races and he beat Samuel Montembeau once again with an unbelievable confidence yeah. like you can tell that there's a couple of players on that team Moore is one of them. Byfield yeah. is another that there's their confidence is at a high right now. Phil is, is this team your Stanley cup favorite right now on this December 7th? Uh, I would, I would say so, but it's not, it, nothing is, nothing is one in, in December, but they, they look really good. They don't have any weaknesses. The, 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 the position you want to strengthen at the deadline is Quite often, the center position, forget that. They got the best in the league and the best that's been seen in a long, long time. Defensively, Drew Doughty plays half the game. He's as good as he, he's as good as they come. They, get, they have youth and they, they have assets to improve the team. So, yeah, yeah, this time they're a contender. But about those goals tonight, how good is Kopitar still? It's, it's unbelievable what this guy has done. Now, if he, if he was part of a – if he would have worn the, the Toronto Maple Leaf jerseys, the Montreal jersey, or the Rangers, teams that we see more often, yeah. we would have him as one of the best. We, we would talk about him with the Crosbys and the Malkin and, and, and Ovechkins and those guys because he's, he's the same age or even older than those, those guys. And, yeah. But uh, offensively, they're dangerous. And Byfield, trust me, I'm pretty sure a lot of coaches watching the games tonight, minor league coaches or, or youth hockey coaches or junior coaches said, hey, cut that clip out. This is a net drive. This is how this is how you beat it. D put your knee inside, shoulder inside, and then and then Gooley. Yeah, I, I love Gooley. Uh, he's he, he he was caught flat footed, right? Yeah. So yeah. I, I I don't think he looked that bad on at, it at the end of a but shift. I feel just blew by at the end of a shift, and I feel yeah. bad for Baron. It seems like every time there's a uh, a blooper kind of goal, he's part of it. You know, it's okay. kind of unfortunate bounce with the ref there on the wall and all yeah. that, but. Uh, but, uh, you know, the game was all was all done by then anyway. All right. I'm going to say something now that's not going to be popular with the Montreal Canadiens fan base. And I'm not saying it to get under their skin. I'm saying it mm-hmm. because I think at this point, you can almost take it down as fact. And I know hindsight is 2020, so I'm talking today. But I think today, I think we can all agree that Ansi Kopitar would have been a better pick in 2005 than Carey Price. And I say that with the utmost okay. respect for Carey Price. 
who was probably the best goalie in the National yeah. Hockey League for several years. And in one particular year, yeah. he won four individual awards. Yeah. But how can we how can we deny that right now? It's December seventh, twenty twenty three, and Anzi Kopitar is a first line center on one of the top four or five teams in the National yeah. Hockey League on everyone's list. Yeah. And he's picking up points and he's playing a 200 foot game that is, has been top five, 200 foot game yeah. in the last decade. Let's just say that I, I don't disagree, but Hey, there are two unbelievable players and one is still playing and making a difference. And he's having a kind of an MV, well, not an MVP season, but he's, he's, He's one of the best leaders in the league, and, and the point production is there, and he doesn't make any mistakes. But they were able to surround him. There are two key positions, number one center and number one goalies and number one Ds, right? And then th those can transform your franchise. Yeah. So you obviously got a number one center there. Montreal got a number one goalie. I think they were able to surround him a little bit better in L.A. than they did with Carey Price in Montreal. Carey Price on the better team on a on – a, They've had decent teams when he was there, yeah. but on a good team, I think on a, on a not on a very not on the best team in the league, but on a good team, I think he could have taken that team to the championship. Hey, but listen. they were never able to 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 surround him with a number one center, probably a number one D, and everything else that goes along uh, with a team that uh, that the, a roster that you need to win a Stanley Cup. By the way, that year. The 2005 draft, the Canadians draft Carey Price at five. The Los Angeles Kings draft Anzi Kopitar at 11. Mm -hmm. And goalie Jonathan Quick at 72. You don't have to look it's very long draft. or very hard yeah. um, or very far to find out yeah. why the Kings won a couple of Stanley Cups yeah, the way they did, and, and, I mean, and that's why that's why the NHL. I'm I'm a well, I'm a I used to play in the NHL, but never was in a, in a management role. And I know a lot about junior hockey. I was involved in 11 years or whatever in junior hockey. And then you have cycles and rebuild. We use the word rebuilding because you need to rebuild in junior. But in the NHL, some teams don't do that, right? So day one, the only one that's you know, Jonathan Quick, Drew Doughty, Enze Kopitar. Quick left, but they kept those guys. Just like Chicago. Chicago, for the longest time, they kept Kane and Taze and tried to, well, we're going to have a couple of down years, but we're going to keep them and win with them again. Hey, that's what they're doing right now in, in, in Pittsburgh. Is that going to work? I don't know. But uh, that, that's why like, they, they had a lot of success. They drafted well, surrounded them well uh, in the early stage of their career. And now they're able to do it again. It would be unbelievable for those guys to win another cup because they've been through everything. And the now they're there. Now there's Wayne Gretzky in front of the building over there, and then and Luke Robitaille, I believe. But Kopitar and Dowdy won't be too far behind if they win another cup. All right, here we go. Uh, here is um, Costa. Um, Costa says Tony Marinero just said. His biggest Malakia of the week. Well, no, I, uh, I stand by what I say, by the way. And, and by the way, you can be the biggest diehard fan. I, I don't see how you can disagree with the comment. Yeah. Anzi Kopitar is still playing. Anzi yeah. Kopitar is the number one center. Anzi Kopitar is on one of the best teams in the league. Anzi Kopitar has won two Stanley Cups. 
Anzi Kopitar is up for the Frank Selke trophy pretty much every year for the last, yeah. I don't know, seven or eight years. He's one of the, he's been one of the top 200 foot mm-hmm. players once again for probably close to the last decade. I, I don't see how anyone yeah. can but, disagree with what I just said, but Hey, uh, the beauty of sports but, is it's yeah. all a matter of opinion, right? Phil. Well, he was the 11th pick, right? So a lot of teams are saying, well, we should have picked him. And Carey Price at six, I'm, I don't have the list in front of me, but I would think a couple of teams before six said, oh, maybe we should have picked a goalie. We never took a goalie early. But Carey, if Carey Price would have stayed healthy, uh, he, he's, he's, you know, there's a Patrick Waugh and, and the brother and Ashek, but not too far behind. And Flurry and then Price could have been healthy. And not a better team he could have been mentioned with those guys. He, he is by some people, but uh, uh, hard, hard to argue what, what you're saying. I'm just yeah. trying to de- defend uh, Carrie here for a bit. No, I don't know you, him at and, all. But. And, and you do good, by the way. And, and I'm getting yeah. well, Price not about. I never said he was a bad pick, right? It's <laughs> no, you goalie. didn't say that. It's a great you did not pick. say that. He was a great goalie for over a decade and for a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, and you ask the players, you pull them. I mean, who was the best goal in the league? And Carey well, Price it's like, let's argue who, who's not, better. Right? Who's better, Gretzky and Lemieux? We can argue all night, but there are two hell, you know, two great players. So, well, arguing hey, is fun, though. I don't think there's a better podcaster than me in the city. But <laughs> <laughs> well, that. Uh, and by the way, I'm glad I'm helping you getting rich. Right? You said that earlier. The yeah, more people yeah, are yeah. watching, well, you, the richer you're going to get. So hopefully, yeah. I can help a little. I would love for you to get, but you're already rich. You see, so, so I'm going to keep, Hey, listen, okay. All kidding aside. And thanks everyone for playing along. And by the way, yes, I am being, uh, uh, I'm trying to be funny here. Okay. Um, I think it was Bruno Gervais on the broadcast Mm -hmm. who did a real good job of actually showing what Marty St. Louis game plan was to try and counter Mm -hmm. the one, three, one. It's probably a little bit difficult to explain when we're Mm -hmm. doing the podcast, because we don't have you know graphics out or we don't have boards out and stuff and charts. But basically, long story short, so the Kings are always having pretty much a wall of three yeah. men to stop you. And then so they got one before, one ahead of them, three-man wall behind them, and another one behind. It's a similar yeah. system that Guy Boucher used to use when he was coaching yeah. the Tampa Bay Lightning, correct? Yeah. It's yeah, a very, exactly very frustrating yeah. system to go up against. So what Marty was doing is he was having two forwards always try and take the corridors, the the, the left yeah. corridor and the right corridor, and chip pucks behind them and have those guys take off and try and, you know, get to those loose pucks. Yeah. They, the Kings, the way they were playing – as a unit yeah. and, the, and the way they're in sync with that system, Phil, it's unbelievable. It, it's it, if it was that easy of a system, everybody would play it, right? Few teams play it. Few teams, the few few coaches can teach it really well and and have the players to buy in because it's not the more the most fun system defensively to play. But if you do it well, you're going to get so much offense. That's why they, in all categories, LA is through the through the roof. Defensively, they're really good, and offensively, they create a lot. They score tons of goals because the, the frustrating part of it is they make the the red line hard to get. And once you get there, you don't feel like you have any other options to dump it in. And then by that time, the D is kind of waiting by the goalie. Grabs a very skilled D. They grab the puck and they break it out. There's not too many. There's there's a few ways you can do it. Like the, the I think that's what I, I hate the drawback uh, uh, breakout on the power play. 
when they skated up and gave it to a guy about 20 feet behind. I think the one three one kind of started creating that five on five where you want to skate it. You want to make those D's back up and try to get it the puck to a guy behind or get it across the ice to, ice to skate it in. But it, it, when it's executed well by very smart players, because they have a lot of smart players on that roster, because you need to think when you play that system, if you do it well, uh, it's very hard to, to create offense. And, and especially, let's face it, we don't, we're not a high-power offense in Montreal. Who yeah. can take charge, grab the puck, take it in, skate it in, and create a play, make room at the red line, create, create offense at the blue line? We don't have that uh, too much in Montreal. And once you're in, you got to stay in, and we're not a, a great four-checking team yet. Uh, so I knew that my uh, my comment that I made was going to get um, a lot of people <laughs> riled up, right? So Dan LaPierre says, Tony, listen to Phil. Price never had a great team like Kopidar did, right? Correct. So I asked Dan. I said, yeah. Dan, let me ask you something. Who would you rather have? Marcel Dion or Guy Lafleur? With all due respect to Marcel Dion, I think everyone's going to answer Lafleur, right? Yeah, with the cups, yeah. Yeah, but Dion never had a good team like Guy Lafleur. But the answer stole Guy Lafleur. Probably, yeah. Right? I like both of them. I, I like <laughs> both of them too, by the way. And I, I hate to bring Marcel into this yeah. because he's got nothing to do with it. But well, honestly, when when you have two people, uh, let's say they're they're even keel, they're the same kind of player. One's still playing, one is not. I think winning separates you and Kopitar is one and he can still win. Yeah, but it's actually probably pretty accurate in a way because you're having a Los Angeles King and a Montreal Canadian that are being compared, just like we were doing yeah. it before. So anyway, it works out. Okay, um, the power play was not able to get Oof. on the board tonight. Yeah. Here's a power play that started very cold. Then for a sequence yeah. of about, I don't know, three or four weeks, they got very hot. Then they got very cold again. They had gone 0 for 27 mm -hmm. or something like that. Then they had scored a couple of goals in the last couple of games, and yeah. tonight they weren't able to manufacture anything. What did you make of it? Did you see anything? You know what I saw? I saw one point that um, was it. Uh, yeah, it was Caulfield was uh, was on the uh, the opposite wing. Mm -hmm. And he was by the boards, and uh, I think Suzuki had made his way to the point, uh, well, uh, yeah. or the, no, on the other side, yeah. And then yeah, yeah. Matheson was at the point, and then everyone switched over. And I've been wanting for them not only to move the puck but to move their feet. They were moving their yeah. feet tonight. I, I played the power play uh, for for some time while well, junior hockey my whole career, and then sometimes in the NHL on a good power play in Dallas too. Uh, and I coached the power play. That's I loved coaching the power play, and 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 I'd like to see a little bit more. Uh, Monahan hit the post. It was a setup play. I'd like to see more setup play, but uh, confusion. I'd like to see more confusion, more more movement, more like my, for me, a power play was always an overload, right? That's the basic power play with a guy on the goal. Caulfield was on the goal line for a while, and that, I like to see that. And people might say, "Oh, what the hell is he doing on the goal line? He's a one timer guy." No. Once Suzuki gave it to him, Suzuki moved. Caulfield was back to original position. You, you got to have some movement on the power play. And they're way too predictable. And they don't have yet, they will, but they don't have yet a dominant weapon on that power play. You know, Madison does a good job as a quarterback. Barron can be okay on the back. Caulfield has a good one-timer. Suzuki is a good passer. But what's a dominant 
uh, factor. What's a go-to guy to move it or go-to guy to shoot it? We don't really have that yet. So to me, movement would create confusion and confusion is very effective on the power play. You know, organized chaos, I used to call it. Right? If you can have organized chaos with movement, go from an overload to a 1-3 bone, back to an overload, to an umbrella. For some people, it might not, you know, I, those are hockey terms, but I yeah. think a lot of people that know about hockey, you got to switch from one to the other. Same five on three, five on, once you get a five, you don't get five on threes too often, but if you're on a five on three, whether it's a, a minute and a half long or a 30 second long, you sh you get your setup plays, you get your movement that creates confusion and you need a, you need a shot every 15 seconds. There's it's the basic principles yeah. that, that are missing to me. And when you watch hockey, when you played it, when you coached it, uh, there are certain basic principles back to where it came from the easiest play in hockey. Right. And it's, to me, it was always too, I always thought two righties on the power play was the most on the back end was the most mean Zubov. When I played with him, Zubov mm -hmm. made me good. Right. He made, I, yeah. I had 1916 and 19 goals mainly because of him and Ribeiro on a half wall, but back to where it came from the easiest play. You give it to a guy, he looks away, gives it back to you. One timer. Back to where it came from is the easiest play ever, but you just need a little bit of traffic. Those are our go-to plays. Those are setup plays. And to me, I don't see a lot of those with Montreal. And and Burroughs played on a power play, probably more in front of the net with the Sedins, I would think. Obviously, Martin St. Louis played on the power play. So is it – I don't know. It, to me, I think even though Montreal doesn't have the, the huge weapons and the 50-goal scorers and all that, there's enough there for them to have a better power play. Phil, a year ago, Cole Caulfield scored 26 goals in yeah. 46 games. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, that's better than a, you know, that's, that, that's almost, that's better than a goal mm -hmm. every other game. All right. Not too um, far from a 50 goal season, right? Or 40 yeah, something. On, goals, on pace for like 46 goals or whatever yeah. it is. Okay. Cole Caulfield has seven goals this season. Yeah. You know, they're almost hitting the 28 game mark here. He's almost at a goal every four games. Yeah. We know they're decimated, they've had injuries. We know that they've been looking for a winger on that line for a while. They probably found one in the last couple of games. Mm hmm. We also know that goal scorers, for the most part, are streaky unless they are some of the best goal scorers to ever play the game. Mm -hmm. Are you uh, are you concerned at all? No, it's part of the process. I think he, he's a very young player. He's not uh, – Carey Price did not have the – I don't want to go back to that, but didn't have the best supporting cast to win a cup in Montreal. I don't think Cole Caulfield has the, the, the best team around him to make him a 50-goal scorer. Will will he get 50 once in his career? I truly hope so. He's got the capabilities. But he would be a lot better, let's just say, Montreal gets Marcia so this summer. Colefield's going to score more goals with the Montreal Canadiens, with a better winger that pushes him and that plays with him once in a while in the power play. And he's going to so draw until, some attention. Another winger yeah. is going to draw some attention because the guy that everyone's watching is Cole. Well, yeah, and every time... Every, everywhere they go, Cofield and Suzuki, if you put them together, they play against Dowdy. They play against the best defenseman in the league. So they got the best of the best. Victor Edmund in their face, and the list goes on and on and on. So it's not easy. If, if Cofield 
gets to be on the second line or on the third line against a third pair D or something, then he's going to score a lot more goals. And obviously, if the power play is clicking, if you have better players uh, to help him, it's a lot of pressure. I, I think they handle it well. Suzuki and Colfield are handling the pressure really well. Uh, but they're 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 producing like the team that the Canadians have. I understand what can I say? That, that, I, I'm trying. I don't want to. I'm a little disappointed. I thought he would yeah. be at 12 goals, 12, 12 to right, 10, 12 goals right now. I think he would be. I, I would think whenever they go to overtime, you see it like he, he's thirsty, like he's he's going for a goal. He, you know, he's he's going for blood. But at five on five, I don't see that. Uh, and he's more of a guy whenever he's going to be the one of the guy that the, the best thing that could ever happen to him is obviously that Slavkovsky becomes dominant and we can just forget about Cofield somewhere on the ice. And all of a sudden he gets the fucking boom. It's in the back of the net because he yeah. doesn't miss very often. He just I, doesn't have, I'm worried about, I'm not, I said, when you're a goal scorer and you don't score, worry when you don't have scoring chance. If you do have scoring chance, goals are going to come. I'm worried about the fact that he doesn't have that many scoring chances right now. And he can't be the one creating all of them by himself. He's getting them on the power play five on five. It doesn't seem that he's getting that many. Now I'm going to say this, everything you said, I agree with. I think it's true at Mm -hmm. the same time. I'm sure even though he won't say it publicly or openly, I'm sure that Kent Hughes looks at Cole Caulfield and says, you know what? When I gave him the $7.8 million, I know that he's going up against great players and I know that he's going up against great defensemen. I know it's not going to be easy, but I'm giving him that money because he has to score. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. I agree. What did you I agree? What did you make of the decision to go with Montembeau back to back? I liked it. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. He's the goalie of the future. He's the one with a three year contract. Primo, it's up to him if he wants to be an NHL caliber goalie. And he's being given the opportunity, even if it's pretty thin. I, I I, I would have much preferred having Primo in the minors because, listen, I, I don't know if we're going to talk about Jack High, but I oh, watched the game yeah. last night. No, but yeah. I watched the game last night. Let's stay with the goalie here. But, yeah, like, Primo would have been way better off. I, I watched a lot of minor hockey, minor league hockey, because my son plays in Belleville. And Levi was in Rochester. And funny thing, he was playing back-to-back games in the American Hockey League trying to get better. I think Primo should have been in the American Hockey League this year until you're able to move Allen then you bring him up. Then you find out in the NHL if he can be a backup. Uh, but hey, me, I, I don't. How about how about that fear of losing him to waivers, though? I'm. I don't want to judge. They're very smart people in Montreal. So they must, you know, there's good people running the organization. They have intel. Right? They and, have and, intel. They have intel. Oh, they yeah. do. They do. So it's hard for me to say he would he would have been picked or not. Yeah. The the ideal scenario, and I think for them too, would have been him playing. Two out of three games in the minors. Yeah. Allen having a hell of a start. Montembeau proving he can be a good goalie. Stein Montembeau, trade Allen to, to to Edmonton. It doesn't always work that way. And then you bring Primo. I think Primo Primo is ready to be tested as a number two goalie. But a number two goalie that plays 15, 16, 20 games a year. The yeah. problem is we, we, we signed a goalie in Montembeau, and I applaud that. I'm happy for him. What a story. Uh, I think he, he's capable of being a good goaltender, but can he take the workload of a workload of a number one? We do, we don't know that yet. All right, okay. So um, talk to me about Arbor Jacki. All right, because he's the big yeah. topic of conversation here for the last couple yeah. of days in Montreal. 
He was taken off IR. Mm -hmm. He was sent down to the Laval Rocket. You've seen the interviews. He's obviously not happy. Mm -hmm. He says he'll accept it, but he was told to go down and work on his defensive game. Last night, he played his first game as a Laval Rocket versus the Belleville Senators. Uh, You would think that he was, A, probably Mm going to be challenged, or B, he was going to have to step up at some point. You saw Imana going after one of his teammates and trying to get at him. You saw Joshua Roy that was cross-checked from behind. On both occasions, Arbor Jackai was on the ice, and he didn't even flinch. He didn't do nothing. He was emotionless down there last night. Your thoughts? Emotionless is, is the right word. He was the thing is, what a story, right? He comes to the NHL, stays at his first season, becomes a big name. He might be one of the best after Coalfield and Suzuki and goalie. Uh, maybe in front of goalie, he might be one of the most popular players in Montreal. There's a lot to like about him, but mm-hmm. he hasn't, he's gone through adversity a ton to get to the NHL. But in the NHL, it's been. I wouldn't say it's been easy. I, 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 there's no way I would want to do his role, right? He, he's going after big guys, and he's played some good minutes. But it it was well, it was earned with the Montreal Canadian that was that were young, and he, he did well. Now he's injured. Now there's a group of D. I think he's sitting in the office there, and Stefan Robida. I don't want to speak for him, but I got three righties. I got three lefties. I like the group of six that we have. Uh, we don't want to send him out. He's ready to go. Why don't we send him to the minors? We're allowed to do that. That's the easy decision. And they're not paid to make easy decisions. To me, that's a smart decision to send him in the minors. But it's okay for him to be frustrated, to, to be pouting last night and not to play a good game. But today, somebody needs to talk to him. Say, buddy, if he, it's okay. It's behind you. Let's all hope we're not, you're not going to be here for a long time. But let's do things the right way. No, don't fight. You don't need to fight a mama. You don't need to get hurt. You're here to, to get some playing time. The one thing I don't understand is not being on the power play. That I don't understand at all. I don't, why, have, a, hey, I, I don't have a problem with it because I don't think he's going to play the power play okay. in Montreal. They're playing four forwards. Oh, on the I agree. Game. I agree. But, agree. So, but if it was said that way, I don't think he should be on the power play in Montreal, by the way. But I'll, Me I'll either. switch to another gear. When I coach a hockey team, it was my hockey team. And what I thought I could do with this group, certain years we would change the systems to to better suit the teams that we had. It changed quick in junior. So if you're a hockey coach and you have success in the minors and in in junior or in in, at the college level, then you go to the American Hockey League and they tell you, oh, by the way, the NHL teams play 1-3-1. You're going to play 1-3-1. Oh, they adjusted this in the NHL. You're going to adjust that. So basically, you're not going to coach. We're sending you a player. You don't play him on the power play. No, give me a player. Give me a bunch of players. I'm going to play my system. I'm going to play whoever I want. Hey, and then yet you need to listen. Hey, we want him to play. We want him to play 20 minutes. That's the only thing I didn't understand. Because mm-hmm. on on the on the flip side, you only want to send you send him there to 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 give him a message. Mm-hmm. Fine, but you want him to gain confidence to have fun. And to come back, there's nothing for him. Maybe a fight gives him a huge boost of confidence, but he's not going to fight in the minors or not for now. And listen, if he's there for a month, I think he's going to fight and find out it might be his way back to the NHL. But if you put him on the power play, make him move the puck around, 
everybody uh, looks a little bit better because he has some experience. He gets a goal here and there. He's more confident, plays better defensively. You got a better player. But it, honestly, it, it was hard to watch last night, but it's understandable. I was in that same situation. I was a first-round pick. I got sent down to the minors. I did pout a few games, and then I realized, okay, well, I'm not I'm not going to win doing this because there's good players in the NHL. I just need to be better than them to get called back up. And then he's going to realize that soon enough. And I think I think he's a guy that needs to be in Montreal, uh, not in the short term. Whenever he, he shows sign of improvement that he's ready, he has a, he has a chair in that locker room, I believe, in Montreal. So there's two different opinions that we're going to talk about right now, and thank you for sharing yours. But I, I want to ask you about what George Larac had to say, who's obviously mm-hmm. knows the role of a tough guy, knows the role yeah. of an enforcer, knows Arbor very well. We know that he gave him a couple of tips in the offseason. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe even George has talked to Arbor in the last couple of days, mm-hmm. so George has better intel than we have. They have a relationship, I think it's safe to say. George says that after Arbor Jack guy took that penalty for giving an extra swat to Tanner Janot and Tampa Bay scored, mm-hmm. I believe, or, or it killed the Canadians' momentum because they had come back. They were, they were down 4 nothing. I think mm-hmm. they scored a couple of goals, 4-2, and then the game, uh, you know, it, it hurt taking that penalty. I think Marty St. Louis at the end of the game said, I didn't like it, I didn't like it, I didn't like it. Yeah. And George just felt that Marty St. Louis – I'm trying to find the word in English. I'm sure you heard it in French. He's en train de dénaturer Arbor Jack guy. He's, he's trying no. to get him away from what Jack guy wants to do and what makes him special. Your thoughts on that? Well, uh, George was was very good at what he did, and it's a smart thing for, for Jack guy to get close to him and get some tips and all that. The, the, but the league has changed in a way where George would get his – 10, well, maybe not that many fights because nobody really wanted to fight him. He was so tough. But most of those guys would get their 15, 20 fights in. Uh, there's not that much fighting in the NHL. You need to be able to play minutes. Jack I needs to play minutes. And Jack I played some of those minutes on the power play. And we seem to agree on that. If he's a part, hey, unless he, hey, if he becomes a, a great quarterback on the second unit, good for you. Put him out there. But he's going to be a guy with his size and what he has to offer that should be in Byfield's face, in Kopitar's face, playing against the top lines. If he wants to be a big-minute guy, that's what he's going to have to do. And fighting has nothing to do with that because that he has. There's not that many fighters in the NHL. And, and to me, I don't think one isolated incident that you mentioned and that uh, you talked with, uh, about with George – would get him to be to be in 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 Marty San Luis uh, doghouse. I think it's don't do that, don't do that. Please don't. And, and whatever, it's a turnover for Baron. Don't turn it over. Don't turn it over. Don't turn it. Okay, you might be scoring goals, but we're going to sit you down because you turned the puck over a little bit too much. Don't take a bad penalty. Don't do this. Work on this. While you're not doing it, we're gonna. But. He wasn't sent to the minors after being minus four. He was sent to the minors. I'm I'm following hockey a little here. He was yeah. sent to the minors after being injured, right? Yeah. Yes, he was. What's after wrong with being that? Injured. They took him. What's you know, wrong with that? I want to. Uh, Grant McCag, former Montreal Canadian scout in the Bob Gainey regime, of course, who's a regular collaborator right here on the Sick Podcast, and he's the co-host of the um, Recruits Draftcast podcast. Grant of Recruits.ca. Mm-hmm. And you can subscribe and you can 
subscribe yearly or even mm-hmm. monthly, uh, 350 per month, and you'll get absolutely everything and access to all the articles. He wrote an article earlier today, and it was it was a very astute way of looking at it where he removed himself from all the emotion of the situation that everyone's going nuts that jack guy is down because of his popularity and because of his ability to defend his teammates right let's be honest grant it was wrote i think a, a very well thought out article where he said and i'm gonna try and recap because i won't read it all but he says he doesn't understand people viewing Jack Guy's demotion as something negative. After an injury, he writes, an undrafted second-year pro was replaced by a former top 50 pick who played four years of college hockey. And he says, two years from now, if Struble was still in the minors and he would have never played in the National Hockey League, Canadians fans would be talking about him being a bust, how bad a draft pick he was. So now you have a player who was drafted in the second round who played four years of college hockey versus another player who played junior hockey and was not drafted in the National Hockey League who made the team last year because, yes, he was very good in camp, but also there was an opening there. There's several veterans who have been traded in the last couple of years, some who can't play anymore because they're hurt, this, that, whatever. Mm-hmm. There was an opening, and he took advantage of it. But, you know, once again, he gets back to the fact that also Struble has been playing really good hockey. I like really. him. And, you know, like, if if Jack I would have stayed two years in Laval, everyone would have thought it made sense. Yeah. But now no one thinks it makes sense for him to get sent down, even oh, though makes, he never played in Laval. But how does it not make sense? How? He was injured. The team is doing okay. You go there, you play some minutes, you come back. As soon as there's an injury or that you play better, and then we want to move Lidstrom or whatever. But yeah. uh, when you were talking here, I just went on my laptop here, and we talked a lot about Quentin Byfield, right? Yeah. Okay. Second overall pick, 220. 32 games in 2021 in Ontario, 11 games in 21-22, and in, in, uh, 16 games last year. And it was okay. And now we're seeing how good he is and, and how he's learned. And, well, that's part of a learning process. Yeah. The second overall pick went to the minors, and now he's playing with Kopitar, and he's being a stud. Right? Yeah. And, it, and- so why, why, why is it wrong to send? Yeah. I, don't, I don't understand all the – all the fuss about it. It just I'll tell you, I'll tell he you was why. injured and he went down and 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 he's going to be back, but he can't play. It was pathetic. The whole team was pathetic last night. They were really yeah. struggling in Laval. Honestly, they're really really struggling. What a great place! Like obviously, I wasn't there, but I've been there many times. Yeah, it, it was almost sold out. I think it sold out when Belzil come back on Friday and for the Teddy Bear toss and the other game. And yeah, what a great place! But it's it, that team is flat, flat, flat. Yeah. So it's not like somebody went and grabbed, hey, hey Arbor, we can we can we swear on this show or uh yeah, we can. You can do whatever screw you want. Screw it or fuck yeah. it. So hey yeah. Arbor, fuck it. Let's just go play and have some fun. All right. Forget yeah. about it. You come here and our the team's doing well. Let's have some fun and see what happened. No, you went on a team that's really, really struggling. Nobody's too comfortable. I can't see the coaches being too comfortable down there either. No, I don't it's, think it's so. It's not a good it's not a good 
it, but it's it's part of hockey. It's if not was, supposed to. Yeah. It's not supposed to be easy. He went and played in the NHL because he earned it on a team that finished last over or yeah got the first overall pick the following year. Right? Am I mistaking? Or there were yeah. or a team a team that's struggling that had very very thin depth on D. Yeah, and he was a number six guy. It was a perfect fit, but now there's yeah. people that want that job and that they're yeah. good enough. And it, it, you get Mayu down there, and you get you know you, you pick. We picked another uh, linebacker last year, a uh, defenseman. So it's it's only going to get harder for him yeah. if he doesn't pick it up. But it's, it's not, everything to be sent down. It's normal yeah. that he was that he was not good last night. Is normal. Give it time. He's going to figure it out. He didn't get there by chance. And he's got to me. I think I hope for him because I like him too. He's going to get back to Montreal and 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 be able to 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 make a difference on a team that should be moving forward in the next couple of years. You said the coaches are probably not comfortable down in Laval. If I'm Jean Francois Ull, I'm powering yeah. off my phone. Like I'm, I'm shutting off my phone for three or four days because I'm worried that that yeah. call is coming. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. We'll end it with this on Jack Guy, right? Because I thought yeah. once again it was well put. So people are freaking out because. He's Arbor Jack guy. He's the sheriff. He gave yeah. it to Ryan Reeves. Only yeah. him and Pozzetta with regularity will drop the gloves. Yeah. He's a legitimate tough guy in the National Hockey League. They don't have other players who can do what he does. Having said that, yeah. and Grant states, and it's a very good point. It's a very good point. He states, well, if you think you absolutely need to have a tough guy in your lineup to have a better team, how did it work out with Reeves in Toronto and Lucic in Boston? It didn't. There you go. I mean, those teams. That's why I care more about. I care more about the player because he has it. He's gonna be. He is one of the toughest guys in the NHL right now. Yeah. Right. But he might go twenty games without a fight. Yeah. A hockey player wants to play, wants to kill penalties, wants to. I'm saying these. I'm hoping that Hudson came comes in and then Madison gets pushed back to the second power play and then Jack High doesn't see the ice. But hey, if he plays well enough. Good, but he needs to be on the night the ice. You need to play some minutes. There's nobody that you sent. And then even when I played, there wasn't too many tough guys. There, there were some very tough defensemen. But yeah. your your role guys were all left wingers, right wingers uh, on the fort line mainly. And some of them, like George, moved up and and Brashear moved up, and a few of them were able to play hockey and, and got some numbers. Gino Ojek or yeah, and all those guys, but. Uh, uh, we're past that. Everybody that fights in the NHL right now, they do have a role, and yeah. then he needs to be on the ice. But I, I, honestly, I, I don't. Uh, we have to talk about it. And I, I, I saw him last night. I'm, 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 nobody's worried. I don't think the NHL. Yeah. I don't think uh, the the people in Montreal or the GM or the even the coaches like. Okay, what do you expect? He's going down there. They're struggling. He struggled too. Somebody needs to give him a little spark. Somebody's going to have the right conversation with them at the right time. Yeah. He's going to figure it out, and he's going to come back. Yeah, you looked uh, pretty distraught last time. But anyway, okay, a quick shout-out to uh, Charlie and Sam over at OptimalStretchClinic.com. If I can, they run a terrific spot. It's a one-stop shop. Phil, you'd love a place like this because they specialize in fascial stretch therapy and they have me stretching out and unlocking things that have been locked for a very, very long time. They actually, they have a gym now, which um, all their members of the clinic have access to, and you can have a personal trainer. It's uh, once again, 
Uh, check it out at 4710 St. Ambroise in Point St. Charles. Check them out on Instagram at Optimal Stretch Clinic so you can have videos of what they do. Phil, we're going to open up the phone lines in about a minute yeah. or two, and I'm going to let you go, and I'm going to give out the number right now at one 585 I want to leave with this. I want to ask you, Positives out of tonight's game? There's got to be a positive. What are the positives? Uh, next question. I have a positive. It's, it's, not, it's not all that negative. It, it was okay. Uh, Struble did, did. There's individually, there, there's some players that did okay. Yeah. Uh, collectively, uh, offensively, we were, were, you know, we can't match against that team. And defensively, the only way Montreal is going to win some hockey games is being by by being a little bit tighter defensively yeah. and get that. I won't, I won't swear again. Yeah. Get that power play going. Yeah. With that I power play that. early in the game, they could have been in the game early if they scored on the power play, if they, if they don't hit the post there. Uh, but uh, now there's a few positive. I'll let them, I'll let you point them out. Cause I it, have was one. A, it was just an average game against a team. That's just way too good for you. I, uh, I have one. Uh, they went to school tonight and hopefully they learn because uh los angeles kings uh, took them to school and this was this Uh, was they do that to a lot of teams they do that to a lot of teams phil boucher always fantastic i love your energy i love the looks i love everything look at it it's a different (laughs) look tonight we're a different place or what it's not no no i'm in somewhere hiding in florida oh oh (laughs) you're at your place in florida eh? Uh, no a friend of mine's place ah good for you have fun yeah yeah All all right Thanks for doing it, buddy. You're in Florida. You're doing this. You're in Florida and you're doing this. I can't believe it. What a guy. Yeah. Thank you. you. Have a great night. All right. There you have it. Former National Hockey League player, Philip Boucher, who is away in Florida. And instead of being on on the terrace right now and, uh, you know, um, a beautiful breeze, you would think he's talking to me on the sick podcast. That's pretty cool. And when I reached out to him, I said, can you join me? Yeah, right away. That's amazing. Uh, let's take your calls. You called. Presented by Playground. Presented by Playground. And we will get to your calls once again at one 585 It's a toll-free number, so don't worry about it. It is absolutely toll-free. And if you're watching the sick podcast right now on your mobile phone and you're like, I, you know what, what am I going to do? I'm going to call. Well, you can still keep it on your screen and you can grab your cordless at home. And if you don't have a cordless on at home, just get off of YouTube right now and just pick up the phone and give me a call because I'm sure a lot of you want to talk about the Montreal Canadiens losing tonight by a score of four to nothing and yellow Sammy Juliana and master control. If we can, let's bring up the schedule for the month of December. Do we have it? We don't have it just yet. All right, okay. Maybe we can't bring it up at the same time. Hello, who's this? Looks like we got a call. AJ. Hey, Tony, how are you? Good, you. Good, good, good. Great show tonight. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Trying our best. All right. I just want to see if I can predict the future for you a little bit here. Yeah. If that's okay, because I know everybody is so good at it all the time, right? Yeah. I'll take my shot. Okay. This team will become a great team Uh with a transition virtually 
of a month and a half. And it won't be this year. But they will have a moment in time where they collect so many assets and so many picks that they'll be able to get eligible players that are on the market or that are made to be on the market. They will overpay, but they will get them. And I'm pretty sure that that's probably the best plan that he could have in place right now. Because the way I see it, they'll have the best bottom six, the best bottom four minimum in the NHL, okay, with all the great talent that they can pick from that they have. And they're going to have to be able to snipe and make actual trades and get deals. That's why I'm a fan of, you know, trading Monaghan and trading Matheson and trading Henderson and trading all these guys. Because there's going to be a time where, you know, Montreal will be on the take-up and and on the take-off, and and these guys will be inconsequential to the team because of their age or contract status or whatever it is, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I see that happening to this team. And I see it where they make moves, you know, like a Fiala, Timo Meyer, uh, Pierre Luc Dubois, uh, Patrick Laine. Like these guys come on the market, and you and and this team needs to be locked and loaded and ready to go. Well, look, there's no doubt um, that at one point they're going to be in that position. You're right. Um, we also have to say this. I mean, as much as the scoreline was four nothing Los Angeles, I think the Canadians hit three posts tonight. I think Slavkovsky hit one. I think Monahan hit one, and I think Nick Suzuki hit one. Three posts. All right. Now, doesn't mean they're all going to go in. If we say if they were a little bit more lucky, Kirby Doc is out. David Savard is out. I'm not so sure how much Raphael RV Pinar could have helped, but you know he's out too. And there are some injuries, and it is a relatively young team, and. So th- there is. are there are some well, positives. You're, you're, you're right. I mean, with you know their actual you're right uh, high end talent. I, I really think that it's gonna you know they're they're gonna have to look outside of the box. Yeah, that they're looking in, which they've shown that they can do and they will do, and they're willing to do it. And and I don't think there's such a thing as an overpay if half the assets that you're including weren't yours to begin with. You okay. know what I mean? Like it's almost like found money with a lot of these picks, including a Matheson pick, right? Yeah. Where they were dead in the water with it. Same thing with, uh, with, uh, um, uh, Savard. Yeah. I mean, like it just, you can get away with so much and Monaghan, especially yeah. like, I mean, you already got a first for him, right? AJ, so, by I really, trade deadline, I really think they could. by trade deadline, not 2024, but 2020, actually we can break it down two ways. If you want trade deadline, 2024, I think it's safe to say, I would think that Sean Monaghan and Tanner Pearson are going to be traded. Trade deadline 2024, at the very least. By trade deadline 2025, I think it's safe to say that Christian Dvorak, Yoel Armia, and Jake Allen, and David Savard will be traded. So there's there's six players that are going to be traded at the very least. I'm willing to say at the very least, there will be six players that will be traded between the 2024 deadline and the 2025 deadline. So you're right. In the next couple of years, there's going to be some big turnover on this team. And some of those young defensemen, it's going to be their decor. It's going to be their team. And they're going to have to run with it. Appreciate you taking the time. Thanks so much. There you have it. We had AJ. Thanks for these damn reading glasses. All right. Okay. If you have any questions, you can send them in. Uh, and um, Tony is Nostradamus too now. Hey, listen. 
I'd rather give you my opinions than just say, yeah, maybe yes, maybe no, maybe yes, maybe no. And I know that some people have actually made a career in media doing that. I I think this is good, but I understand why it's bad. I think this could happen, but on the other hand, it might not happen. No, no, I'll tell you what I think. That's it. There we go. That's it. Sean Monahan and Tanner Pearson will be traded before this deadline. And by next deadline, Jake Allen, David Savard, Yol Armia, and Christian Dvorak. That's it. That's all. That's the way it is. It's 11 o'clock. You know what? We're at a racetrack here. I can always take another call, but I think we're at a racetrack. And um, Agnello tells me, you know what? You always make them want more. And I hope that you're going to be back tomorrow. I want to tell you this. We can't do this without Energy Transportation Group, a leading full-service logistics provider serving all of North America, driven to be different. We can't do it without Labitta TB, brewed in Quebec, a winner of a dozen international awards. They offer quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. Labitta TB, embrace your true nature. And we can't do it without Playground. Experience the world-renowned poker experience with free food and drinks at their cash game tables, a bad beat jackpot that is over half a million dollars, weekly promotions, daily tournaments, and unmatched customer service. Why play anywhere else? Located just over the Mercy Bridge, only minutes from downtown Montreal. We have been talking about a get-together with all of you, all of you that are on YouTube right now. I want to see you. I want to meet with you. I want to talk with you. I want to talk Habs with you. I want to hang out with you. With all of you that are watching right now on Facebook, I want to do the same thing. With all of you that are watching right now on Twitter, I want to do the same thing. And if you're going to be listening to this tomorrow on Google, Apple, or Spotify, or any of those other apps, I want to do the same thing with you. I want to hang out with you. I want to meet meet you. And, and I want you uh, to check out Playground, which has gone through an expansion and a renovation. It's absolutely beautiful, I've been told, because I haven't seen it in its new look. I might just go tomorrow or then again. I might just save the surprise and go on Saturday, December 16th for the first time uh, since they renovated so that we can all see it together. If you've never been... This is the best kept secret in town, and that's why we're going to have a get-together there. It'll be your opportunity to maybe, you know, play the slots, maybe have an hors d'oeuvre. But once again, it's more of a meet and greet so we can all put a face to a name, and it's our opportunity, us at the SIG Podcast, to say thank you to you because I just thank the sponsors and the partners. But the number one people I want to thank is all of you for watching, for supporting, for telling your friends about it, and for making 10 p.m. on weeknights an appointment podcast. At 10 p.m., you're always there. And we hope to be there for a very long time with you. For Agnello, Sammy, Juliana, Master Control, the Canadians lose by a score of 4 to nothing. Up next, they visit the Sabres in Buffalo on Saturday night. Have a great night, everyone, despite losing 4 nothing. Because think about this. One day, Slaff is probably going to be like Byfield. Sweet dreams, everyone. I'm Marinero. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground, your premier gaming destination.